Welcome to Career Chat, where we discuss career stories to help find a path for you. I'm your host, Andrea LeBaron, and it's my goal to help you find meaningful work. Rebecca Johnson is a family nurse practitioner with 27 years of experience. She's also a wife and the mother of five energetic kids who keep her on the go. From her early days in nursing at Boston Mass General to working now at Jordan Women's Health Center, Rebecca's career has been demanding but also flexible. In this episode, we talk about her decision to become a nurse practitioner after five years as an RN. Rebecca also shares the health concerns she sees with patients in her practice, especially post-COVID, and why sleep is so important to their recovery. Rebecca is also passionate about nature bathing as a remedy for everyone. If you're interested in nursing or know someone who is, I hope you'll learn more about this rewarding career from our interview. Let's get started. Welcome, Rebecca. It's such a pleasure to have you on my podcast, and I would love to get started by having you introduce yourself to everybody. Could you tell us your name and uh, maybe a little bit about your family and your job title? Okay. Well, I'm excited to be here. Uh, My name is Rebecca Johnson. I am a family nurse practitioner. I have been working as a advanced Um, practice registered nurse for 22 years and I've been a registered nurse for 27 years. Um, I'm the mother of five children. My first job was at Massachusetts General Hospital and I worked on an internal medicine floor there. That was probably not my favorite job. There's a lot of night shifts and then after a few years we moved out to San Francisco and I worked at Stanford and their um, newborn ICU and loved it. That was a great job, great job. And then while we were out there, I went to grad school at, at the University of California in San Francisco, otherwise known as UCSF, and did my master's in science in nursing and became a family nurse practitioner. Awesome. Okay. Oh, there's working since then. <laughs> there's so much to talk about. I'm really excited to get into the details with you. So as you were talking about all those different places that you've lived, I was thinking back to how we met, and I believe it was when you moved from the West Coast and I moved from the East Coast the same year, and our two fifth graders ended up in the same class. (laughs) So I think that that was really fun. Um, And it's been really awesome getting to know you. Um, even better since then. And since I found out, I agree. You, yeah, I know it's been so fun. Um, and I've just kind of followed and heard a little bit from you here and there about your career. And, um, and then when I started this podcast, I thought this is definitely an area that I would love to learn more about, because I think there are so many advantages for women um, who can be a nurse practitioner and Um, I'm hoping that you'll be able to tell us a lot more of that. Um, First, I want to know, did you always want to become a nurse practitioner or did you start out wanting to be a nurse? I didn't know what I wanted to be when I started out in college. And I started taking, you know, your basic undergrad requirements, general eds, and I really liked science. I, I was... I was drawn to the sciences and I liked working with people. So I knew I wanted to do something with those two things. And the more I thought about it, 
when I did end up choosing nursing, it was a really perfect fit for me, but I did, I did know pretty much going in that I wanted to get an advanced degree. Um, I liked working in the hospitals, but it's just not where I saw myself ending up. You did have experience working as a nurse. You became a registered nurse. Mm -hmm. And then at what point you said you went ahead and, and went on to become a nurse practitioner and get that extra level of training when you were in California. Yes. yes. Okay. So how many years did you spend working as a nurse? And then how did it take you two years afterwards to become a nurse practitioner? So I worked five years um, mm. as a nurse and then the grad graduate school I went to was two years. Okay. So is that the, um, the typical program Halfway. is that it would take, yeah, it would take two years or would you be cut, would you be able to go right from like graduating nursing school to going into a nurse practitioner, um, pathway, or do you need to get that experience as a nurse first? You know, there, I mean, I would say, yes, it will make your life easier, but no, you do not at all. There, I would say half of the students in my graduate program were on um, an accelerated coursework where they had undergrad in something else. Mm. And then they decided they wanted to be nurse practitioners. So they got their entire RN in a year. Oh, wow. At my school. And it was a solid year. It wasn't like just two semesters. It was a solid year and they got their RN degree. And then, and of course they probably had done all the prereqs prior and then they, they got their RN in a year and then they joined me and we got our master's program together. They call it the MEPIN program huh. at UCSF, but I know there's other programs in other schools that do that was way harder than my grad program, which was very intensive. So it sounds like you could either go straight through, you could be a nurse and then go right into studying to be a nurse practitioner, or you could take your time working as a registered nurse and then come back like you did and become a nurse practitioner. Do you feel but like things have changed? Because okay. Because now it's um, a doc doctorate degree. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so does, it's not two years. It's three years. It's now. three years. Okay. And so you That's have true. an extra year. I would assume that just is research based. And you said that you did the family nurse practitioner program, but are there other types of programs you could uh, do? Yes. Um, yes. There are lots of other programs. Actually, when I was teaching at BYU, mm -hmm. I, when I, or I should say when I was interviewing at BYU to teach there and I said, what? what are your nurse practitioner programs? And they said, well, we have the family nurse practitioner. And I said, yeah, I know that, but what else? And they're like, there's other ones. Oh, really? Because at UCSF, they probably had 20. There's so many, there's um, acute care, there's adult, there's pediatrics, there's newborn uh, NICU nurse practitioners. There's, um, yeah, there's just, there's a lot. Yeah, um, so if you want, if you have a special thing you love, then midwifery's one there's just a lot do you feel like that general family nurse practitioner has served you well or do you wish you would have focused on something different depends on the day <laughs> <laughs> i think overall family is the most easy way to get a job because you are 
you know something about everything. Right. Are you prepared to um, be in a teaching position? Like you said, you taught at BYU. Um, can you just come right out of nurse practitioner school and teach, or do you need to have experience working in the field first? I mean, it probably depends on the school. Mm -hmm. There's probably some schools that you don't need a lot of training. Um, at the U, you have to have, well, actually, to be on faculty, you have to have your doctorate, but I teach students from the U. You do right now? Yeah, I have. I have been. My one just graduated this last spring and has just started working. Are you doing that then like in a um, controlled setting, like you're up at a, the university teaching in a classroom or what does that look like? That would be faculty. That would be faculty. Okay. So that would be a faculty. And I, that's what I did do at BYU. At the U, I'm... I teach them in clinic. Oh, gotcha. so they come to my clinic and work in my practice. Tell us a little bit about what you do now. So you're with Jordan Women's Health Center. Is that right? Yes, it's a OBGYN. Um, I do mostly the women's health annual exams, um, any type of I, I mean, because I have the family background, I do a lot of the primary care too. a lot of women don't like to go to primary care providers, they will stay with me. And for the most part, it's appropriate, but there's times when there's things that I refer on. Give us a sense of what your like day-to-day -day is like and, and um, what your hours are right now. How often you okay, work? So usually it's like 8.30 to 4. And then Wednesdays, I have a long day. Um, I do 8.30 to 7.30. I see, I see teenagers, um, a lot of contraceptive questions, a lot of menstrual questions, a lot of annual exams, a lot of fertility, a lot of PCOS, a lot of that. Mm. You know, the basics like high cholesterol, hypertension, um, anxiety. A lot of people have anxiety, right? Yeah. Tell us more yeah, about like depression. trends that, that you're, um, yeah, trends that you're seeing and, and what, like, what does women's so, health look like right now? Right now, I think since COVID hit, um, I've seen a, a huge increase in depression and anxiety in all age ranges, doesn't mm. matter ages. Um, I do see it a lot more in the teens, which I don't know that I was ever seeing that before for the most part. I mean, it, you know, um, occasionally, but now it's pretty constant. I would mm. even say 85% of my patient load, almost every single person that fills out my questionnaire circles, depression, anxiety, and migraines. Those are like the three constants, it seems like. Wow. And Do then you... um, I see a lot of PCOS, like I said. Okay. A lot of that. And can you explain what that is for people that haven't heard of that? It is polycystic ovarian, ovarian syndrome. It's where these patients will skip periods. Um, they will, not always, mostly though, have be overweight. Mm -hmm. um, they have some metabolic syndrome where they, um, their cholesterol, their good cholesterol is low, their bad cholesterol is high. They're having a hard time metabolizing their sugars. So they're getting insulin resistance going on. They're not mm. ovulating most of the time. So they skip periods and then every three months have a really painful, heavy period. Mm. And that's usually why they'll come in is when they are like, Oh, I want to get pregnant now. 
and this has been going on for 10 years. So the sooner it gets treated, the better off their outcomes are going to be. What kind of treatments are there for PCOS? So um, it depends if there's metabolic syndrome going on because it's kind of a spectrum mm-hmm. what I've seen in clinic. But if you've got this insulin resistance, then met- uh, metformin, which is a diabetic medicine, mm-hmm. helps with that. And, it, and even just being on that can help regulate periods. We need people to have periods because you can, if you're going for a long period of time without having periods for years, it can cause endometrial cancer. Like your immune system doesn't work. It, it affects your, your, it'll make you more depressed. It will make you more anxious. You will eat more sugar and food that is really bad for you when you don't get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, your weight goes up when you, there's just so much to it. What, I mean, we usually have a bedtime routine and try and put the littles to bed, but my older kids still working on them. <laughs> I think many of us with teens can relate to that for sure. What about treating women yeah, with right? um, this kind of COVID related depression? Are you recommending certain things for that or is it just all I, individual? Yeah. I mean, of course it's individual. Right. And that's sort of the blessing of my job is I get more time with my patients and nurses really are good at educating. That's what we do. That's what mm. we're trained to do. We're good at that. And I really love edu- educating. I love teaching. That's one of the joys I find in my practice that I love to do. Um, and so I try and pull out what is, uh, there's always things that are inhibiting people and you try and pull that out. Um, people know what they should do. Nurses, doctors know what they should do and they still, some of them smoke, but they mm-hmm. know better. Mm-hmm. So it's not just knowing things. So you, um, sometimes they've got to get, um, you got to figure out a support person in their life. And usually like getting outside, there's something called nature baiting. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's just being outside and it's therapeutic. It's called nature bathing. <laughs> going that. for a hike, going for a walk. I know. And it's, it just restores us. Absolutely. Mentally. I totally and believe psychologically. that. Yeah. So I try and encourage my patients to get outside. Can you, rec- can you, and it's winter though, but it's cold outside. And I'm like, you live in Utah, figure that out. Get a coat. <laughs> it's hot outside. Yeah. Go earlier. You know, I, are you able to prescribe medication as a nurse practitioner? Like if you had a patient that needed medication for depression, you, you could do that yourself. You wouldn't have to refer them to a psychiatrist. Yes. Okay. While we're talking about, I I do refer them to a therapist, but you could take care of the medication. Yes. I, I mean, I do have some schizophrenics and that's so specialized that I refer out for that. Sure. While we're talking about this, I'd love to get your opinion about what the difference is between a nurse practitioner and a um, PA or a physician's assistant, because I, I, I've read some definitions and I'm still a little bit confused about how they're different because they're both specialized. You kind of work under the supervision of a doctor, right? So, I mean, we're very, it's very much the same. Um, the original, what, what happened, I believe it was in world war II and they, um, went to the nurses cause they didn't have enough mid-level, they didn't have enough doctors during world war II and they went to the nurses and they said, we need help. And then their nurses were like, well, this is what we do. And they didn't step up. So then the physicians were like, okay, we're going to have to train 
physician's assistants to do these other pieces because we just can't do it all. Mm. And then the nurses got on board and they were like, oh, well, I guess we can do that. So <laughs> they sort of like, it's the same thing okay. as far as what we can do, honestly. And when um, like the Utah nursing, the nurse practitioners and the PAs, we have conferences, joint conferences twice oh, a year. Okay. You know, like educational conferences. And it's very, it's very um, cohesive. It depends on state to state where you work. Mm-hmm. In Utah, nurses do not work under doctors. Their license allows them to work independently of oh, doctors. Interesting. Okay. Um, but that's not the case like in California. Gotcha. Where I used to practice. And is that the so same for varies. physician's assistants? They, not to on my the understanding. Okay. I think they work under doctors. Actually, I'm pretty sure because there's some legislature that they're trying to get approved to say they don't have to. Yes. But right now, I believe they do. Okay. But okay, again, I can't 100% speak to that because that's yeah. not my profession, but it's well, very similar. Based on your experience, is there like one reason, is there a reason why you would choose to be, to go the nurse practitioner route rather than the PA route? You know, I don't know. I only know what I learned. I don't mm-hmm. know the training for PA school. I know my girlfriend that graduated from nursing school went to PA school instead of NP school. Oh, okay. So you could do that. What would be the advantage for somebody who's already a registered nurse right now thinking about going to nurse practitioner school? Like, would you say it's a great advance as far as um, the control that you have, the a salary bump, um, you know, the independence that you get, or you know, what is it that makes it worth it in your mind to actually take that extra two years and become a nurse practitioner? I honestly think probably the nurses that were working in the hospital during COVID got the salary bump. They were making bank. Yeah. So I don't know that that's necessarily true unless you're an advanced practice um, nurse practitioner in the hospital because okay. there is significantly more money to be made in the hospital. Oh, interesting. Um, than there is in a clinic. Okay. So the salary but isn't you, necessarily... You can, you can do that as an NP in the hospital. You, you can work. It's basically you're like the hospital's resident. You just are like the med, the med student or the resident. You're like the resident. Okay. So they, they do have those in the hospitals. Okay. So you're saying working as a nurse in a hospital, you could potentially make as much money as you would as an NP working in a clinic. I would think so, but this is the difference. You would have to work New Year's Eve all night. Right. So you've got shift differentials, you've got holiday pay, you've got weekends, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, So for me, I mean, that's why I didn't want to work in a hospital. I mean, I did it. I did the night shifts. I did every holiday Mm -hmm. and I just, I just didn't, I, for me, that was not what I wanted to do. I want to ask, um, like, but before you go on, I do want to say, I love being an NP, you have more independence. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could open my own practice. Wow. I mean, there's plenty of nurse practitioners that run their own clinics. Oh, interesting. 
So you, you have a lot more independence. You mm-hmm. have a lot more, I feel like influence over my patients because I see them and we have relationships and, um, I have, you know, they'll come back and see me and they'll be working on things. And it's really rewarding for me to see the changes that they're able to make or the improvement that they're able to have in things right? or their babies that they're able to have because yes. I get to see the pregnant moms too. And I get to go in the OR and help deliver them. So it's really fun. Wow. I didn't realize that. So what are you, what kind of position are you in, in the OR? Are you, are, it's called a first assist. Okay. So the doctor is there or the midwife, so, uh, the, the OB is not there, the, midwife, the doctor. Yeah. Okay. And then I first assist them. So I'm, I'm right in right there, there with them. How do you choose to do that? Are you kind of on call then? Like if a baby goes, if a mom goes into labor or are you just like, today is the day that I'm going to be the first assist for any baby that. Um, so there's really no structure to it. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's like, they just will call and say, Hey, we've got a delivery in a half hour. Do you want to come over and help? And, or, um, one of the doctors will a week ahead say, I've got this C-section at eight. Can you come in and do that? So do you get training on doing that kind of thing when you're in school? You do. Okay. Um, not as an NP as an RN a little bit, Mm -hmm. but then after I got this job, then I went and got trained to be a first assist specifically. Okay. I went and had that. I mean, because I've already, I already know sterile procedures and all those things, which would be why I think being an RN and working in the hospital would be beneficial, but right. I mean, you'll learn it either way. You'll just fumble through it a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me, I mean, you mentioned you've got five kids and you're a really busy mom. So how, how did you handle the balance between taking care of your family and working at your job? Um, I just have really awesome kids. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Cause I haven't like when they were itty bitties, um, I didn't work as much as I do now. And when, you know, we moved a lot. So there were years when I would be home with newborns and not work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of feels like I've always worked a little bit and now with COVID and everything, Eric's just been working at home. So there's more flexibility for him to, to step in and do those pieces. So yeah, it's chaotic. I, they, they learn different things. I think one of the things, um, that it's important for girls to learn is that their moms are not their slaves. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Um, that they have their own individual identities that are not connected to them that are their mm-hmm. own, you know, their mom's a different person. And so I think that it's good for them to see that. Yeah. I really love that. I, I like how you said that there were years where you weren't working and then it seems like it's a career that you can kind of come in and come out and not necessarily lose a ton of ground in those down times. Yes. Yes. And there's a lot lot of things you can do part-time mm-hmm. and I mean, and that's the advantage for some women that like doing the hospital work is that mm-hmm. when they've got kids at home, they can work night shifts and then they're home during the day. But so like this summer, your kids just got out of school, but you're working four days a week. Um, so are they kind of on their own to manage their time? Does Eric kind of check in with them? Like, 
Yeah, Eric's home and then my 22-year-old's home. Oh, nice. Yeah, so she's around, you know, when they have little like summer camp things to drop them off or pick them up from. So what what skills do you yeah. think are most important as a nurse practitioner? Are they the, you know, the the harder skills, the skills that you learn the technical skills in school, diagnostic, all of that stuff, or do you feel like it's the soft skills working with people? If you don't both? like working with people, you will not like being a nurse. Mm. <laughs> you have to want to learn chronically because mm-hmm. it's ever evolving with new research. And so things are just always changing. You can't just be like, well, I learned this. This is how it is. It stays this way. I don't have to. It's one of those professions where it's always changing. So you're always having to stay up on the latest. And um, even patients will come in and say, oh, I read this. And you're like, oh, dang, I haven't heard that yet. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and I don't have too much pride, you know, when, when my patients are challenging me or if they're questioning me, then, you know, I'll, I'll say, you know, I don't know about that. And I'm going to research it and let me get back to you. And and we'll figure this out kind Mm. of thing. Um, There's no way you can know everything, right? You have to, you have to be able to listen to your patients. They have Mm. to feel heard and you have to trust their intuition. If they say something doesn't feel right, you can't just be like, well, your labs are fine. You're good. (laughs) Right. It's been you know, just bad things can happen. Yeah. Get like that, I think. Well, there's a big thing out there about women not being heard, right? As far as yeah, in the true. medical field. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like taking care of women. Yeah. Like, cause I know what I'm doing to them. I, I know what that feels like. And I think they probably appreciate that as well. Well, and you know, and I'll have young girls that will come in and I'll just do an annual on them mm-hmm. you'll know, have to do some you know invasive intimate things and and afterwards they're like that that wasn't as bad people are always saying this is such a scary thing and they're like that wasn't that big of a deal oh it's that's and a it's great compliment I talk to them and I tell them what I'm doing and I tell them why I'm doing it and I'm teaching them about their body and so they're not just like this object that you know what I mean? I, right. I'm humanizing them. Absolutely. So. And informing them as you go. Right. Which is empowering. Yeah. yeah. Is that one of, I was going to ask you like one, one of the things, what's one of the things that you enjoy the most about your work? I, I just like um, helping people. Mm-hmm. I think is my favorite thing. And I how like about to help them? It's very um, rewarding. Yeah. Um, what would you say is one of your biggest challenges about your job? I hate charting. (laughs) (laughs) I hate charting. It's like you chart just for insurance, honestly. Mm. So the whole insurance game is just ridiculous, but, um, a challenge. So every doctor will tell you they hate charting. Is that something that you do Um, at the end of the day or is that something is that something you do at the end of the day? I can't, or is, I can't. the other you, doctors will do that and they just have these papers and I, I can't remember. Yeah. So I take my laptop in with the patients and when they tell me things, I type it in. Okay. Cause otherwise I'll forget things. Right. And, um, and I think that they understand that I've never had anyone offended when I do that. 
No, because I'll type stuff and then I put that away. And then I, when I do their physical, I'm touching them and making eye contact. So, right. I um, think, yeah. So no, I try to not do that. I just can't. Yeah. I think most patients are probably used to that, that format now of bringing yeah. the computer in and getting I it I did all have down. one job where we just had paper. Oh, wow. It was the best job ever. It was one <laughs> piece of paper and it, I could literally do all of my charting in three seconds, like probably three minutes done. Yeah. Is there um, one of the challenges is yeah. managing. Man okay. Like diagnosing is usually pretty easy, but then you have to figure out how to manage it. Uh, you find something that that's challenging too, because some patients don't want medicine. Some patients, it doesn't matter what you tell them, they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Managing situations like diagnoses and people is challenging. One of the, uh, it's like great to be working with people, but then there's also that side of working, working with, people. with people. That's hard. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you do a lot of telehealth and is that something that you see like really changing the nature of your work in the future? I never did telehealth. I really feel like you need to be able to see a patient. Mm -hmm. Like how really are you going to diagnose a rash over a screen? I just, or listen to their heart or, you know what I mean? I just, for my practice, no. I've never done telehealth. I will do phone calls, mm-hmm. but the OB that I replaced, she did a lot of telehealth. She was pregnant. COVID had just started. So she was pretty nervous about that. But I think here in where we live, I, I don't think that's necessary, right. which is a bummer because it'd be nice to work from home. I would like to <laughs> yeah. not have to get dressed and go into work, but, right. but that's not the job I have. Um, is there anything you wish you had known before you started on this career path? Anything that you would do differently if you could go back? You know, honestly, I don't know. I think I have loved everything I've done and I'm glad to learn that. If I had known I was going to work as much as I do, I might have just um, become a physician. Yeah. I probably would have become an OB. Mm. But I say that, but I'm glad I'm not an OB right now. Mm. Um, I'm the OB I worked with asked me to go back to school to be a midwife. And, and I laughed at her because I'm like, you were just complaining to me that you were delivering a baby at three in the morning. And you know, full well, you just want me to become a midwife so that I can be the one delivering the baby in the morning. Right. <laughs> so, so I actually, it's kind of, which is why I haven't done my own practice. Cause this is from my lifestyle. I like to go home and leave it at home. Mm-hmm. And when I'm home, I'm a hundred percent home. I'm, I, I'm not charting. That's why I finish everything. And then I come home and work is at work and it's separate. I'm pretty happy. I feel very content with my responsibilities and um, my lifestyle. Do you see that changing? So, like, do you have any professional goals that you haven't reached yet that you would like to do? I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're no, good. I, yeah, I'm, I liked teaching at BYU when I taught there. I love that, but I am again, having students in my clinic. I mean, I did like lecturing, but I, I really like clinic work. So mm-hmm. I think I get that fulfillment of teaching with those students 
don't because the students come in and they ask questions and you're like, oh, I don't know, you know, <laughs> they're good questions. Right. And you're not, you just, it's so, I mean, I'm pretty competent in what I've been doing. So I'm doing it for so long. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean I'm doing everything perfectly and the students challenge it all the time. So. Right. And just knowing that you have that experience could give you confidence going into that kind of teaching position. Well, and because you know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, the fake it till you make it. It's real. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So tell me, just as we kind of wrap up here, what advice would you give to somebody who's interested in becoming an NP? I would just say do it. <laughs> yeah. What about high schoolers? I would maybe like shadow someone. I think would be a really good idea um, because it'll, it'll let you know if that's what you want to do. I think mm -hmm. just shadowing someone and seeing how they do things and what that is, the more experience you get, the more you understand what choices you're making. Right. So that would probably be the best thing I could recommend. And do you have any advice in general about choosing a career, something that you might tell your own kids? about finding their life's work? My own kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know, right? Because it's so expensive nowadays. I don't know how my kids are ever going to make it. You have, you have to find joy in what you do. So you have to really, because you're when you're working, you have, you're gone. That's half your life, right? Right. And if you're not happy, that's just, that's just not a good way to live. I think you just have to listen to like your, core your heart be able to find and and you the other thing is being creative because this is the great thing about nursing you can do anything with it anything mm. like if I really wanted to I could get my MBA Eric's always saying nurses with MBAs are always like doing amazing I hadn't even things. thought about that what you can do anything with nursing everyone has a body yeah. Oh yeah. You can do business as nurses. There's so much out there because anything health related and you have your license, you can do a million things with it. Wow. That's really interesting. So if you're creative, just like, so you don't want to work in the hospital, you don't have to work in the hospital. You can work mm -hmm. in a school, you can work in a business, you can work with research, you can work with drugs. There's a million avenues right. that you can, you can do with it. That's like right the... now, a big thing I'm seeing is life coaching. Yeah. But so if I, I've got my RN license, I'm not even, if I'm just a registered nurse, I can still be a, a health coach, but I have a valid nursing license to back exactly. that Exactly. Right. I'm not just some high schooler that's, you know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You could be a, a, a real life coach with a health spin you know, that has some very, very valuable advice to offer credentialed yeah. advice. Yeah. Well, Rebecca, this has been so great. Thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast and sharing your career journey. You're welcome. Thanks for joining me today on career chat. Any links we talked about will be in the episode notes. You can find me on Instagram at career chat pod. And if you like this episode, please leave me a review on Apple Podcast. See you next time.